Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a wizarding world virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. I'm <laughs> sorry, Rob's making me laugh. Have you not memorised that yet? No! <laughs> He'll be helped along the way by three veterans at the Potterverse. This is a special bonus episode, series four and three quarters. Today, we'll be previewing the upcoming fifth series of the Harry Potter Virgin and responding to the Muggermel and outposts we've received since the end of series four. Without further ado, let me bring in my co-hosts. Welcome, Millers. Hello. Phil. Actually, them copia. Phil, this is not a Welsh language. <laughs> I'm just bringing in that I speak Welsh now. Okay, brilliant. Um, <laughs> Dioch. And um, and uh, Rob from the very beginning today. How are you doing, Rob? Are we definitely doing a fifth series? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's confirmed. Okay. Rob, come on. Right, housekeeping, new policy, Millers. Okay, so this we're going to be so that we can actually get it done. Um, our new policy is that we're just going to like record and then just. Upload. Put it out. Upload. Like, the like we're not like yeah. we're not heavily editing it. Um, so it, that will mean that we suddenly sound a lot less like eloquent, but that's just because we're not. And um, before we were heavily edited. Um, it also means, Phil, though, you can't be too inappropriate. And what will happen <laughs> is if you are, I'm just gonna give out your phone number and email address. Uh, <laughs> and people can come directly to you with any complaints. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot more pausing. There's going to be a lot more sort of um, uh, a lot more talking over each other, a lot more like aeroplane going overhead as it is now. That's probably going to make it in. But the but the but the key is, guys, short, sharp, to the point. Let's not keep it too long for the listeners. Um, any more housekeeping? We don't care about the listeners. We care about us editing it. No, but we're not going to edit it, are we? We've taken that out of it. That variable's gone. No editing. Zero editing. Uh, zero. I think we need to do something. I think no, 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 because no, 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 if you do that, you'll 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 be too much of a perfectionist. For example, this this I reckon could come out. <laughs> no, this is staying in. This is all staying in. I mean, this is a bonus episode. We got to straight it out. Plus, nobody listens to these anyways. Like I said, any more housekeeping? Here we are, snappy to the point. Any more housekeeping? Yeah, next piece of housekeeping. I noticed that Phil uses the same sustainable um, <laughs> toilet roll brand that we do. Who gives a crap? That's correct. Yeah, mention it because they haven't paid us yet. I was going to say they 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 might want to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, I'm giving them yes. a taster. Okay. So I found out from Stephen Bartlett you that what. Us. What we should be doing is we should be approaching brands and doing a direct deal with them. We don't need a middleman. Who's Stephen Bartlett? We don't have a middleman, Phil. He's um, he's like um, like a thought leader. He's the new dragon on Dragons Den. Right. Okay. I've, I've not watched that for fifteen years, so no. yeah, they're still going. Um, but Phil, we don't have a middleman. Yeah, and we should, and that's the good. That's the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. We don't have an other man either, though. There are no men. No. No. So what no. you well, feel is is advice rather than an alternative to our current. What we need to do is we need to think about a brand that we think that our listeners will buy into. Who gives a crap? Who gives a crap is a great a great one. We approach them directly and we say, "Oh, like, what will you give us per?" How many how many listens do we have? 
Oh, at least five. It tends to work like per thousand listens. Yeah. Um, Phil, you're on that then. Do you think maybe we should start editing again? No, it'd be fine. Also, <laughs> a bit of housekeeping. We do have a young infant in the house these days. You know, that that, that could be a feature. Yours? Uh, yeah. Yours or... <laughs> That's our... It's not mine, that, that. yeah. That's our child. Um, he could be a feature of the um, of the new... Does he need a jingle? New editing policy. He comes with his own jingle. Oh, good. It's basically screaming. Anyway... What we prepared for today, and prepared in the in the loosest sense of the word, is a quiz for Rob um, to see how much he's remembered from the first four books. Try and get him back up to speed on some of the most important points. So, I th- before we do that, though, uh, do, will people want to know about the whole Welsh thing? No, I doubt it. Phil, 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 how many times? If I say, "Is there any more housekeeping?" That's when you jump mm. in. Not when I've moved to the next feature. Sorry. Basics. I speak Welsh now, Rob. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. Weird. No, this is not possible. Um, Dwayne, shall I come right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Phil, so, so we're doing the quiz now. Gesundheit. Sorry. Right. Rob. Boyne Bleen, which is sorry in Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's safe. <laughs> Rob, question number one. Oh, straight into it. Okay. How did Harry Potter's parents die? Voldemort, Voldemort done him. Voldemort, what done it? Yeah, any more specific than that? Or green flashed him. Green flashed them both. <laughs> he flashed him. Green, flash the him. green flash. Yeah, Voldemort. Like I think I'm happy with that. Just a quick question. This quiz is it me versus Rob? No. <laughs> oh, okay. no you're, in, you're just there. Bath. You're just here to watch. <laughs> Rob, what happened to Voldemort when he tried to kill Harry? Oh, he sort of there was bounce back. He got a bounce back, and they their their wands sort of faced off each other, and then there was like a orb, an orb of oh. light. No, he's right, oh, no. but he's um, he's not. It's not the point you're getting at. Okay, baby nice. Harry. Oh, bounce back again. Yeah, like um, a beaver. Uh, head scar, um, but Voldemort was sort of withered withered and destroyed but not completely that's pretty good that's pretty good that's fine rob what is a muggle um someone who's not a wizard yeah that'll do yeah that'll do um it's smashing this the train to hogwarts leaves from which platform oh nine and three quarters come on come on Mate, we're just warming up. We're just warming up. Okay, all right. Yeah, don't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> How are parcels and letters sent in the wizarding world? Our post. Good feature. Very good. <laughs> yeah, nice. A little comment. Good plug for the feature. Very good. Um, name the headmaster of Hogwarts and the four houses of Hogwarts. Uh, Dumbledore. It's the big, the big dog. And... Um... Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, and Hufflepuff. Oh, look at that. He loves that. <laughs> he took his time, but he, he, he reeled them out. Rob, as a bonus, can you name the four heads of the houses? Uh, Snape is, is one. Um, What's he the head of? Slytherin. Mm-hmm. 
there's McGonagall. Is she ahead of the Gryffindor? Correct. Yeah. The Gryffindor. Um, the other two are pretty anonymous, aren't they? No. Have they been named yet? Do we know who they are? Yes. Pretty yeah, I probably, I, I'm not surprised you can't remember those. It's always a bonus. It's only yeah. a bonus. I mean, I would have known them. Yep. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Phil. Is available to steal. Um, So Sprout is the head of Hufflepuff. And you might remember that that was mentioned when, um, that was mentioned when Cedric died. She says, um, McGonagall says, oh, no, Dumbledore says, oh, Professor Sprout is with Diggory's parents because she knew him the best. And then Professor Flitwick is the head of Ravenclaw. The little fella. The little fella. Correct. Yeah. Which animal represents Gryffindor House? Um, which animal? Your house, Rob. Yeah. Badger? Badger? No, Badger's Hufflepuff. Oh, that was good. Uh, the lion? Yeah, it's a lion. Well done. Is it really? Yes. I thought that would be one of the easiest ones. Okay. <laughs> Who is the keeper of keys and grounds at Hogwarts? And what is he? Hagrid, he is not a giant. He's just a big bloke. Interesting. You're, you're kind of close there. Half giant? Yeah. Nailed it. Half giant. Perfect. How big are giants? Really big. What do they give for like a size for that Millers for like how big full full giants are? Well, we we talked about the fact that the description of him in the first book means he's too he's too big. Yeah, the yeah. description of him in the first book doesn't really match, I think. Anything that happens subsequently. Films, but also subsequent descriptions. Mm. Rob, next question. What position does Harry play on his Quidditch team? Mm, he's a seeker. Seeker. And can you explain sort of what a seeker does? Uh, he's got to catch the, the golden snitch. And what does that do? Wins the game. Of... Yeah. Well, it doesn't win the game, isn't Not it? Just like a, it's like a disproportionate number of points, which means that they always win, basically. Yeah, well done. So it does end the game. And yeah, they do get a, a big amount of points. How much is it? 50 or 100? Or 100? 150. 150. That is disproportionate, isn't it? Yeah. Although the game doesn't end until then. So a lot of points can be scored. Rob, um, what did Harry, Ron and Hermione defend from Quirrell and Voldemort during their first year at Hogwarts? Defend? The that was with the dog and the face where the back of a head should have been. Yeah. Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's Stone, yeah. The name of the first book. Correct. The Philosopher's Stone. Which Voldemort was trying to get because eternal life. Yeah, yeah. Provide you with eternal life, which is what he was sort of after. Um have eternal life. Have life. Yeah. What song is that? Is that God's song? Yeah, big time. What was that? I don't know that song. God loved the world so much. Do you know that one, Millers? 
No. Loves? What? He doesn't anymore. Yeah, it is past tense, isn't it? Oh, no, it's telling that he gave his only son. What are you talking about? Classic tale. Right, let's yeah. sorry, this swiftly is... on. Let's move swiftly on. Um, Rob, what do Harry and Ron crash into when they fly Arthur Weasley's Ford Anglia to Hogwarts in their second year? Uh, it's the Whomping Willow. The old Whomping Willow, correct. God, I smashed this on Mastermind. Yeah, you're doing might, really well. Might do this as my specialist subject. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Rob, where does Moaning Myrtle live? Toilet bowl. More specifically, do you know? Do you remember what toilet it was? To- to- disused toilets. Girls. Yeah, girls. I'll take, I'll take girls. I'll take girls' toilets. God, Humphrey doesn't do this, does he? <laughs> no, but I'll press you on the details. <laughs> Rob, who is... Oh, no, no, no. That that's comes later. What was Lord Voldemort's? Original name was in before he became a lord. Before he essentially, adopted, yeah, yeah. Before he adopted, before he got his knighthood, Lord Voldemort. Oh, it's the um, it's the it's the anagram. It's the um, it's like Dan. It's quite an ordinary name. Oh, God, I, really, I really wanted to have a go in the dark. Because I've got Dan so far, and it's all <laughs> Dan or that is an ordinary name, though, isn't it? It's like very ordinary. No offense to some of our, What's you know, the... big listeners. I think you've added in too many. Roger, just not the time for that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh... It's Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle, yeah. Name Marvolo. Yeah, you have to remember that, Rob. Actually, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Okay. Well, what did Hermione use to get to all of her classes in the third book? Oh, she had sort of, some sort of time travelling uh, device. An egg timer, was it? Yeah, it was a little oh, egg hello. timer. It's called a time turner. Can you turn it down a little bit? Just for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> the top of our infant son's head has just kind of crept into shot, so Robin feel a little <laughs> for a bit... <laughs> Don't laugh at him. Oh, he's silly looking. Oh, my gosh, that jumper is gorgeous. Uh, yeah, hand-knitted by his great-aunt. Can I get one like that? Like, exactly like that? We'll pass on the request to her. Thank you. Rob, who is Sirius Black and where is he now? Uh, he's living in a cave as a dog. Nice. And he is a bloke who was, um, he was accused of murdering some people. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much there. You're pretty much now there. Now Yeah. Now he's licking his own balls in a cave. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, fate is a fickle mistress. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much there, Rob. He was wrongly accused and convicted of murdering a bunch of muggles um it landed him in prison he broke out turns out wasn't him all along he's harry's godfather he's a good guy he turns into a dog and yeah it's not quite the last we saw of him that he was in the cave he did come down uh to hogwarts at the end of the last book doesn't a little bit yeah yeah but essentially yeah you're, you're pretty much right there 
Related question, Rob. Who is Remus Lupin and where is he now? He was a werewolf fella, I reckon. Yeah. And he um, was a teacher for a bit and then he got fired on account of the werewolfishness. Yeah, perfect. You've pretty much nailed that. Yeah, he was a teacher at the school and yeah, when they found out he was a werewolf, they sacked him. Important detail to remember, Rob. And this is, you know, partly a quiz, partly revision. No, that didn't, they did no. When they found out he was a werewolf, they didn't sack him. He stepped down. Yeah, because uh fine. Snape told all his parents. Fine, fine, fine. Same, same result, same result. Same result, yeah. He's not the school anymore. We're not exactly sure where he is, but childhood friend of Sirius Black. He's licking his own balls as well. That we well, and yeah, and the last we hear of it is Dumbledore telling Molly to tell Arthur to get the old crowd together and he lists Remus Lupin in that. Do you remember? In oh. the hospital wing. No. Remember that, Rob? No, I don't remember that, no. Okay. Rob, last question of this little uh, this little phase. Who is Peter Pettigrew and where is he now? Uh, name rings a bell. Oh, is he the, <laughs> is he the rat fella? Is that him? Go ahead. He Tell me more. Is the rat? There was a rat knocking about for a while that Ron had, mm-hmm. which it turned out it was actually a bloke, and he was a rat, and then he became Voldemort's sidekick. Yeah, and slash abused servant. Just thinking about Sirius Black oh. and Remus Lupin, who we just talked about. Can you maybe think about how Pettigrew relates to them? Oh, they were they were they were school buddies as well. Correct, and more more specifically, what happened around the Sirius Black, the whole murder thing, fill in that gap there. Oh, it was actually Pettigrew that did it. Nailed it, Pettigrew. Yeah, right. Diane Rob. <laughs> Rob, bit it's of, Diane. Bit of spell- <laughs> <laughs> Rob, bit of spell work revision. Um, what oh do you God! Say, what do you say when you want to cast a summoning charm? Mm. One of them's like Akio. Is that the boy? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it, Rob. You practice all the time. <laughs> you say Akio, then whatever you want. When when someone asked me about this the other day, if if we were still doing the podcast, I couldn't remember the name of the book we just read. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed I'm actually getting some answers here. No, you're doing well. This is a um, good bit of retrieval practice, getting that brain working all over again. Rob, name all four Defence Against the Dark Arts professors that we've had so far in the series. So start from the beginning, I would. Uh, the Garlic Filler. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah. Quirrell. Correct. Very good. Bang. There was the... Um, Lockhart, Correct. yeah, yeah. Um, Lockhart, Rob, just to stretch that out a bit. Oh, like, didn't they wreck his memory and he sort of yeah. met a pretty sad demise? Bendigadic, yeah, he, he inadvertently kind of wiped his own memory while he was trying to do it to Harry and Ron, uh, while they yeah. were in the chamber. Um, who, who came next? We've already talked about him. That Lupin, correct. Yeah, 
And the last one? Mm. From the most recent book. Gonna need a clue on this. Come on, you know this. Your mate, you really liked him. Oh, the... Uh, you thought he was drunk all the time. Yeah, 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 Moody. Mm-hmm. Moody, Mad Eye Moody, Tom Moody. Alistair Maddox. Alistair Moody. Correct. But was it Moody? Well, Phil, we will be coming on to that shortly. With oh, okay. As Rob's face goes blank. Rob, what sacrifice did Pettigrew use or make to bring Voldemort back to his human form? Uh, chopped off his arm, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Flesh of the servant. Yeah. Stuck his hand in. Willingly yeah. given. And following Voldemort's resurrection, what was Voldemort able to do to Harry that he was unable to do when he encountered him at the climax of the first book? Uh, touch his face, fiddle with him. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't the face specifically. Wasn't it, face. Was, it was just have contact with him, yeah, and never, the word fiddle, I don't think, is you <laughs> the entire seven books. Fiddler. Riddle the fiddle. Unless you can think of an example, Phil. <laughs> no, I can't think of I can't, an, an example. I can't think of one. No. And Rob, last question. Who was the Death Eater secretly working on behalf of Voldemort during the Triwizard Tournament? Um, it was Karkaroff. Nope. Good effort. You've just gone for a name there. You've gone for an area. <laughs> for a name, an area. No, Karkaroff was a Death Eater. But he well, you'll, be, you'll be pleased to know that um, that has become shorthand for the Karkis in my house. Do you say Karkaroff now? Because short, that is not shorter than Karkis. Well, no, because it used to be Karks. Yeah. And, then and now it's Karkaroff. Karkaroff, yeah. Is that what you say now? <laughs> yeah, we're the Karks. And also, and also housks. Housks and cars, carks is not a... I don't think that's a good system. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, Rob, Karkarov, right area. He was a Death Eater. We know that. But he wasn't working for Voldemort during the Triwizard Tournament. He was just suspicious. Someone, someone was mad eye moody. Someone was like inhabited yeah. him and left him in a box. Now, come on, come on, Rob. You know this. Can you get his name? Got inside. You know him. this. Big clue. He shared the same name as his father, just like Voldemort did. Was it the Boris Johnson fella? The no, shorts? no, that was um. That was Ludo Bagman. That was Ludo. Yeah. Again, you're getting closer. Um, Worked very closely with Ludo Bagman, the dad, not the son. Oh, it was the yeah, 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 yeah. Remember was Winky was involved. Jacob Rees-Mogg's yeah son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whose name was also Jacob Rees-Mogg, except neither of them was called Jacob Rees-Mogg, <laughs> were they? They were both. They were called. Bagman and. Crouch. Come on. Yes. Crouch, yes, Crouch. Yeah. Crouch, yeah. Barty Crouch Sr. Uh, helped to organise the tournament. Wouldn't have got the point for that on Mastermind, I don't think. No, definitely no. not. And Barty Crouch Jr. was the Death Eater who was posing as Moody uh, to gain access to Harry and the tournament and get Harry set up to 
run into Voldemort at the end of the year. Um, I mean, is there anything else that anybody else wants to check with Rob or Rob wants to check with us? Because this is it. Yeah, Rob... After this, you're going straight into the fifth book. What was the last book called? The Goblet of Fire. Good, good, good. And can I just ask, is the next one shorter? Longer. longer. I think it's longer, that is. They all get longer now. Yeah, it's not the big... You've done the big jump. Yeah, it's pretty, like, you're probably talking an extra 50 pages per book now. They're they're all thereabouts the same. Are you excited? Well, obviously obviously not, no. (laughs) Obviously not. But, Rob, you enjoyed it. And it means you get to chat to us every week. Yeah, we have fun, don't we, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that, but it's just more the don't still reading. Mind it. He doesn't 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 mind it. They're quick fire now as well, aren't they? So, you know. Yeah. Rob, can I say, I've just noticed your floor, um, and I'm very jealous. What is that? Is that engineered words? Uh... I don't know it's wood i think what's engineered wood it's like um it's like a kind of posh laminate i think it's just wood is that like a, like actual blocks like they are full blocks in there uh he hasn't got a clue look at his no. how big are the gaps how, how big are the grooves between the blocks that looks too uniform to me i reckon that's engineered wood could be, yeah. It looks very nice to me. Come around and have a look. I don't know. <laughs> I saw it. I, I, I watched the guy lay it for, for about a week. Did he lay it in with strips or block? Were they individual blocks? They're individual blocks, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then it's not engineered with them. They slot in together. Mm, lovely. He was a weird bloke. Yeah. Bet that mm. was Spenny, was there? Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you should have gone for engineered words. Same yeah. effect, probably about a quarter of the price. <laughs> Especially if you don't, if you don't anyway, know that now. it wasn't hardwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be, I'd be shouting from the rooftops. Um, Rob, the next book, what is it called? That's the final question of the quiz. He doesn't know that. Um, he doesn't know the ones he has read. The Prince, there's one about a prince, isn't there? There is, yeah. That's no. six, but it's not. It's not the next one. There is one. No, no. That's all right. I'll give you a clue. Forks. Just tell him. The book is called the Order Guy Forks. The Order of the Phoenix is the next okay. book. Rob, do you have any predictions for this upcoming book? Forks is going to be in it. Forks is going to be in it. All right. Anything else? Um, he's going to be given some orders, essentially. Forks <laughs> is in charge. Sorry, you've just misread the you misread yeah. the meaning of the words. But Forks, oh you've taken Forks becomes acting ahead, taking them way too literally <laughs> due to some Dumbledore illness. The Order of the Phoenix, that's so good. There actually are a lot of orders in this next book, but they don't come from a bird. They don't come specifically from a phoenix. 
Why are you so silly? You dress like a muggle and you look like a Weasley. Oh, Rob, what do you think? You stupid muggle likes to drive our listeners to the brink. Damn muggle. So, Bob, most of this muggle mail was sent during the last book, but because we were so late editing getting them out, we'd already recorded all of them. So you'll have to try and remember. Um, It's like an extension of the quiz. Yeah, basically. Okay, so this is from real fan Miranda. Hello, Miranda. She has a few questions about the end of the book. Um, how do you feel, Rob, about Cornelius Fudge? First of all, can you remember who Cornelius Fudge is? I can. He was, wasn't he the head of the ministry? Exactly. And The purple suit, the Won- Willy Wonka. Yeah. And so at the end of um, the fourth book that you've just read, he had a bit of a disagreement with Dumbledore. I don't know if you can remember that. Didn't he? Oh, he was trying to like sort of cover up some stuff. Yeah, so he did, he? he was refusing to believe basically that Voldemort was back, um, yeah. and obviously because the Dementor kissed uh, Bartikas Junior, they didn't have any kind of proof. Um, mm. So yeah, thoughts on Fudge's character. Uh, he's, he's probably just trying to trying to keep the peace, trying to keep his position, trying to keep things quiet. There's no excuse, yeah, though, is there? Politicians don't like stuff kicking off, do they? They want a basic, mm. quiet life. Uh, and he's got dodgy suits, dodgy purple striped suits. Yeah. Well, she also asked about the dark mark. Can you remember what the dark mark is? Uh, yes, like a sort of bat... bat um, What's the Batman thing? Oh, like a um, calling card. Yeah, like kind with of a thing. Yeah. Batman thing in the sky. Yeah. Right, and it means yeah. he's and coming do you, back. Do you remember um, how it works on their body, on their arm? Yeah, there's a bit of a glow, hot glow. Yeah, me. when he when Voldemort touches the dark mark. Harry's face. Oh, I see. Yeah. Isn't it just when he's coming, when he's close, when he's in the area? No, but you're thinking of two different things. You're talking about Harry's face. We're talking about the dark mark. Okay. We're talking about Harry's face. Harry's He's obsessed mark. with Harry's face. Oh, yeah, but well, I know, I know what Rob means because it, it got, it gets stronger. It was getting stronger, wasn't it, when he, when Voldemort was getting his strength back? Do you think yeah. it's appropriate for his him to touch his face? You're the only one that goes on about the face. None of it is appropriate. He wants to kill him. It's not appropriate. None of it is appropriate. Yeah, you're right. Fair enough. Good context. <laughs> it's not a healthy relationship. Oh, well, I was going to ask. Oh, he just said. It's okay. That's the baby. <laughs> That's the baby, not me. Just to, just to tell you. I was going to ask you, uh, well, Miranda wanted to ask you um, what you thought of the connection, but I don't. Miranda, um, Miranda, the one who's got the TV series. No, oh no. Has he got one on his own body? I don't think he does. Well, that, he I was just thinking that, like, it would be more convenient if he did. Otherwise, because he's yeah. got to be with a a Death Eater to do it, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he's always with one. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Afraid yeah. of his own company. 
Yeah. What kind of items do you think Fred and George will come up with for their joke shop? Oh, great question. I bet you've got loads of ideas of you, Rob. I bet you've got loads of you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite difficult. It's the same as the predictions because it could literally be anything, any old yeah. nonsense that she makes up. <laughs> right, it could be any old nonsense. Anything that you think would be yeah, but what would you fun want or entertaining. Um, sort of flying pencil case or something. <laughs> it's always, I it's always it. so good. He's got no imagination. No, but it's always I like sort of. Book. Yeah, how's your book coming along anyway? It's always like something that sort of you know is slightly relatable from school, but then mm. make it magic, you know. Well, yeah. Why do you think that is? Because they're obviously going to market it to students. Yeah. If you had a joke shop, who would you market it at? I wouldn't have a joke shop, Phil, let's be honest. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No one would go if you did. Um, she also wants to know, which character do you hate most from what you've read so far? Ooh, that's, I mean, Malfoy is pretty annoying, right? But that's yeah. that's sort of supposed, supposed to hate him, aren't we? Yeah. Um, I think so. The little fella as well is annoying, but Stop again, the little can't... No, Dobby. the little the little guy from um, Dobby about a boy. No, uh, from I'm about boy. Oh, Creevy. Creevy, yeah. Colin or Dennis? Oh, it's it's Dennis, that, the smaller there? one. Like, yeah, the, Dennis is the Russian doll. The Russian doll. Yeah. Um, what what's the film I'm actually thinking of? Love Actually. Yeah. Yeah, that little guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's quite annoying, but you know. We're all little ones. Oh, I love Colin. Um, and he's just a bit starstruck. So, yeah. Who do I hate? Snape probably, but again, he's you know pretty unprofessional. He, he's complex. He's you know you can see that from a mile off, can't That's you? Visual. Hey, yeah, it's going to be have to be Malfoy. Okay. Draco. Joe, who else have we got, Muggle male wise? Well, we did have a piece of muggle mail from a new real fan fantastic welcome to the Harry version name oh well it's not their real name so i don't know heated frostbite um on instagram heated nice heated frostbite um however i think we probably know the answer already now come then anyway um they say at the end of prisoner rob said even though he liked the book if he wasn't doing the podcast, he wouldn't continue. This was very disappointing because that's where I got completely hooked. So how about now, Rob? Would you continue on your own? I mean, no. No, he wouldn't he even want to cut the cost. No, and he's not even, he's not going to lie about it either, which is, no. But we, we are, we're all about that here. This is not, you know, a, a charade. This is not a charade. This is authentic Rob. Coming. I found I found the books in my cupboard the other day and I thought, yeah. Good good to offload these soon. <laughs> Won't be anytime soon, man. <laughs> well, you can offload one, two, three, and four if you want. Yeah. Sort of late late 2032. Um <laughs> right, Rob. Um Muggle Mail from Chelsea on Instagram. Hi Chelsea. Hiya, Chelsea. Hey Chelsea. Uh, she wants to oh, yeah, she wants to know. What would you have done with the prize money if you were in Harry's position? Have a new floor. 
<laughs> pay off, pay off the old wooden floor. <laughs> no, uh, well, he's loaded anyway, isn't he? He's he's got he's got this whole vault of goblin gold. Yeah, but if you were to win a grand, you wouldn't. You would treat it differently to the the what you've got, like you're in, in your bank. Was it a grand? Is that what it was? No, it was a it was a thousand galleon. So I that would be a lot more than a grand, actually. It's probably about five. Um, I'd probably sort of spaff it on a on a holiday. Spaff it. But I don't. Again, that's not that's not like a. Buffett. Oh, no, that, that only works if the holiday is to Zante. Okay, so you've asked, asked answered her quite second question, but basically you're saying... Would you spaff it on holiday to Zante? <laughs> what would you spend a thousand galleons on? So you're saying you would have kept it, whereas Harry obviously didn't. Harry gave it away, didn't he? Oh, sorry, have I been tricked into keeping the money? Um... I, no, I'd give it give no, it to Cedric's family. <laughs> but Cedric's family didn't. Accept they don't want it. No, they, they said no. No. So who did he give it to then? He gave it to Fred and George at the end for the joke shop. Oh, that's mental. No, I wouldn't have done that. No. Oh, actually, no. That I'd probably I'd probably give a bit of um, it's a startup grant. I'd give a bit of rent rent and boarding to. Um, Weasley's. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want your money. Weasley mother. She's 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 going to say no. You keep it. He's already tried to give it to her. Do you remember? I take take the Weasley parents on a holiday. Spa Zante. weekend. Spaff it on Zante with the Weasleys. No spa weekends to you know. Spa weekends. Rekindle. How many gingers stuff. aren't going to the beach, Phil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listeners we do obviously appreciate you but um yeah we love you take care of your skin in the sun yeah um we also got a piece of owl post which we'll read out later from tina but she said where on earth did you find rob <laughs> yeah it's such called, a good question called, lots of people ask something along those lines it's called grove hill in hemel hempstead take a visit one day <laughs> it's a really lovely lovely little area Who's this? Tina? Is she yeah, but, a new real fan? Uh, she looks pretty new. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that is an enormous message she sent us. Tina Wahlberger. Yeah. Hi, you Tina. supposed to say... Hi, Tina. That's fine. We're past that. Mm. Okay. Um, so this is from Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. Um, Hi, Kirsten. Like oh, she it? says, um, I'm so invested in anything Underwood, I'd love to hear more. So maybe we need to give you some ho- some summer holiday homework. Yeah. A couple of new listeners hooked in. Absolutely. Do you know what I might do is just skip the book and just go straight to the merch? <laughs> well, well, on that note, we've had some um, complaints. About the oh. calendars. We'll come. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said we said right from the off. No refunds, and actually, like they're like, like what, what? What's the complaint? The year was right. They're not usable, are they? Really? They're not. What? That's calendars. No. Right. Good point. Yeah. There's a couple of things that Kirsten said that we need to acknowledge. Right? <laughs> she said, "Rob, I think you're doing quite well." I wasn't going to say that because I don't want to get. It's ego. <laughs> no, she's she's taking the time to write a message. It's hard to always get all the small details on the first read of these books, which is why they're great to read a second time. 
Oh yeah, okay. So should we just <laughs> too <laughs> long, baby? When you know the story and can pick up all the small breadcrumbs littered throughout all the books. And also I just want to say that like Kirsten's message is really long and really nice. And we're gonna to come to more of it in our post. But she also said that um I'm Danish and sorry if my English is a bit wonky. And um from what I can tell, the English is absolutely perfect. Perfect, yeah. I mean you're using the word wonky. We That's have pretty niche. quite a few um because I think lots of people, when they if they like Harry Potter and they learn they learn English, it's good like practice. So I think we have quite a few listeners who then use their use the podcast as like English practice, which is not a good idea because I don't think we're that good at English. Could I come stay in Denmark, please, as well? With her, Rob, that's creepy. Not with her, just as a that sort of creepy, you know like guide. Um. Yeah, um also like I've got an aim with but by the end by the by the time we finish this recording this podcast I want to be able to read the first Harry Potter book in Welsh. Oh, that's a nice that's a nice that's a good aim. It is, isn't it? You'll just be able to you know the story though, so is that I know cheating? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll be able to tell you exactly what happened. Last thing that Kirsten said that I want Rob to hear, because she's got albums, which we'll come back to you when when she's done. So she said, "Um, I just discovered your podcast two weeks ago and I just binged all your episodes and I loved it. Um, Absolutely the best Harry Potter podcast I've listened to so far. She says, I found it while listening to Potterless, which is a Harry Potter podcast, which we've been critical of in the past. So you should give it some credit. <laughs> I prefer your podcast, though. I think Mike from Thank Potts you. is a bit too American arrogant for me. American arrogant, that's nice. It's like a nice flavour of, of arrogant. You know, lots of love to all our American li- listeners, obviously. She, she's Danish, you know, she she's speaking for herself here. Um, but what's interesting, she said, I found it whilst listening to Pot- Potless. What does that mean? What it means is, I guess, like, she's... Spotify or whatever is saying or you might like and just listing other things with probably Harry Potter in the title are we in the algo are we in the algo well I think be like you know it's picked up that she's a nerd yeah it's like you know other nerd stuff you might like once we get in the algo we're flying guys are we flying because we obviously are in the algo because it's not like she's searching Harry Potter virgin no no and um yeah if we I mean you know if we can piggyback off Potterless whatever wait who sponsors them i don't know i didn't get that probably, i didn't get far enough until they hello got sponsors. fresh hello fresh sponsor everyone yeah what who else had um muggle mail uh no Phil, can i just say uh pop look oh thanks mate you come out for what just in life for the, just, house. Uh, the house the house move Oh, thank you. No, it was more for, for you know, learning the Harry Potter book. Oh, Welsh. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm way off, yeah. But, that was um, just off the top of my head, so. Yeah, do you often well? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that was all the muggle mail that we had. I think, let's have a look if there's not any more here. Oh, we, we, we had some... Um, well, it could be Michael Mail or Alpo's from my dad, just letting us know that Fred and George were the names of Blue Peter tortoises. Really? Yeah. 
what you God, that's brilliant but then well we looked it up and i actually don't think at the same time they weren't they definitely weren't twin tortoises no no oh do you or think like that jk was just you know struggling for names and happened to be watching blue pier the welsh word for tortoise is cruban uh good mm. uh, la, la tartaruga in italian la tartaruga i like that that's cool cruban anyway has anyone got anything else you want to say to rob or should we let him go um i was just gonna say hoi bao leave it there yeah it's like learn welsh with phil or something yeah phil what does that mean oh it means goodbye oh, oh yeah. nice yeah yeah all right, Rob, if that's it, then we'll um, we'll let you go and we'll see you for the start of um, Series 5. And should we get him to read the first two chapters? Mm. Yeah. Okay, Rob, what you got? Chapters 1 and 2 of Order of the Phoenix. Who did she dedicate them all to? Because, like, she must have run out of people. Focus, Chapters 1 and 2 of Order of the Phoenix. Well, you're quite dithery at the moment, aren't you? Chapter 1, Dudley Demented. Oh, there we go. Oh, chapter one, Dudley Demented. And chapter two? <clears throat> chapter two, A Peck of Owls. Oh. Peck of Owls. Great, so, great chapter. Ideas just off the back of those names, what might be going down here, Rob? Demented Dudley sounds sounds terrifying. Mm. Yeah. We don't want to see that, especially now he's bigger and older. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's, they get dangerous. Bullies of that size. Um, and a peck of owls is a collective noun for some owls. Big owl delivery. Big owl delivery. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, Rob. We'll see you next time. And um, yeah, enjoy the chapters, mate. Nostar, Rob. Ruin the See you next year. Nostar, Nostar. Bye, Rob. He's gone. So I think he did quite well on the quiz. He, I think he did better than even he expected. What's your question? Tell me what's your question. 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 What messages did we get that? Oh my God, we've got loads. Yeah, that Rob can't hear. So many. So Well, oh. let's just pause there and say thank you so much for getting in touch with us in between series, guys. We love receiving the owl post. Keep the momentum up. Momentum up. Sorry. Thank you for your patience. Um, waiting for the next series. It is coming. It will be with you as soon as possible. Hopefully the new editing will lead to quicker episodes, um, but worse uh, objectively episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Larger quantity, less quality. Yeah, quicker delivery. Uh, worse service. Yeah. Um, can I ask these ones? Are they so? Are we just going to answer ones that are for, ones that have already happened? We'll keep anything that's. What you mean? If there's nothing for series five. Fine. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Hit us up then, Millers. Who do we have this week or this summer? Um. So I mean, so Chelsea's question about the Triwizard um, money, prize money was actually aimed at, at all of us. Okay. Um, so what do you think you would have done with the money if you were Harry? 
if I was Harry and I had all that money in the bank and I had got that money because like Cedric had died and whatnot and didn't have anyone to share it with, I'd do pretty much exactly the same. I think I'd give it away. Yeah. Um, and if Fred and George are like the first people that he sees and thinks of, then I think that's fair enough. But I'd definitely have given it away somehow. I can definitely see why he would want to just move it somewhere else so that it was something that he didn't have to think about because yeah like like you said he doesn't need the money it's not like he's saving up for a big trip like none of that is happening so and I can definitely see why it winds up with Fred and George because they're appreciative because with anything you want to feel like it's been appreciated but um they're happy to have it they embrace having it and they're going to do something with it and like Harry says like I reckon we're all going to need a few laughs moving yeah. forward you know like actually I imagine it's a really good cause you don't really hear much about like charities or anything no do you um and I'm sure that he would love or like I imagine if in Harry's position you'd want to give it to the Weasleys but he knows that there's no way that like Molly and Arthur would accept yeah. from. Yeah, I mean, he does He does try straight away yeah. when Molly Weasley's like, oh, think about what you're going to do with your winnings. And he's like, I don't want that gold. Do you have it? He, he immediately just tries to get rid of it. I, I think definitely the instinct, initial instinct would be to get it to Diggory's family. And I think if it was the muggle world when stuff like that tends to happen in our world they'll tend to be like a Cedric Diggory foundation and that's where that money would have wound up whereas like you said that there isn't the same kind of fund around that and um what he died from isn't necessarily something you can fundraise to prevent <laughs> do you know what I mean because essentially it was flukish what happened to a degree so um yeah, no, I I think Harry's instincts with the money are pretty bang on how most what most people would do in his position. And what would you do if you had a thousand galleons? Like, as in like free, kind of if That's you free. got given, yeah. Okay. Just go what do you think? Just go straight down Florian Fortescue's. Oh my god. I reckon send day every half hour for like two weeks. Maybe buy a magic carpet. I. What was I get? Cheeky black market. Broom. One. Broom. Banging broom. Oh yeah, really good broom. Yeah. Banging ones. I think I'm the same as Rob. I think I just want to go somewhere. You can on your broom. Yeah, but you can't because international statute of secrets, secrecy. Your disillusionment charm. To overnight. Also, it'd be freezing. Very cold. How cold that would be. <laughs> I'd got one, one, a great ho holiday. Yeah. Like, like a thousand galleons is quite a lot. Yeah, I don't know how far it gets you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what all the exchange rates are like. We don't know what inflation's doing. Uh, yeah, these days I don't think it would get you very far, would it? No. Um, okay. Okay, Tina. Whew. Okay. Hi, Tina. So I think we mentioned Tina before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, she's a new real fan and she's been listening to the podcast as ways to improve her English, which by the way, it seems to be 
completely perfect anyway. well, well done T- tina can i tell you as someone who's in the process of learning a second language you're an inspiration <laughs> perfect phil yeah she never shuts up about that does she um, <laughs> it's too difficult to know to find out where tina's i don't from. know where to oh how what did that say Diesberg Essen. She's German. Okay. Ah, oh, is he German? Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello. What? what? I said hello. That is how they say hello That's in German. German hello. Yeah, but you did it in a silly voice. I did it in a what? German accent. What? So what's good morning in German? Oh, good morgen. Good morgen. Um, okay. She says, in the last episode I listened to, you got some owl posts about whether or not the Chamber of Secret was named appropriately. And you said you'd rather call it a secret chamber. What I noticed at this point is that the book titles often get changed a lot when they are translated into other languages. But with the Harry Potter series, the titles are rather similar. The Chamber of Secrets, however, has been changed into the the Chamber of the Terror in the German version, which is a lot more suitable, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that. Very true. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? That sounds really scary. I like that. Um... The season before that, you had some outposts from America asking about some British vocabulary, Merlin's pants. I thought I could use this opportunity to send you send you one too. Sorry. Maybe I should add the or add the information that I read all the books in German, but only with the odd numbers in the English. Okay. Okay. So she's read them all in German, but she's only read one, three, five, and seven in English. Interesting. I wonder why you've only chosen the odd numbers. She says, don't ask me how that happened. I have no idea. So okay. Um, I'm therefore not completely sure, but I think the words enchantment, charm, hex, curse, and jinx are all used in the books. Are all used in the books, with the latter ones referring to more to dark magic. In German, however, there are only Zorba charms and curses. Is there more of a difference between the English words or can they be used interchangeably? Zorba and... Uh, so enchantment, charms, enchantment charm. And mm-hmm. Enchantment and charm. Enchantment... Well, no, I, enchantment is a longer way of saying charm. It's surely, because you're... No, enchantment was more... Like, there's no M. So am I sorry, am I reading the question again? No, 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 you don't uh, have to do that. So there's enchantment and charm, which are obviously like positive things, but I think of enchantment as being on a person. Yeah. Whereas charm is like to do maybe more to do with an object. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, charms maybe could be done on, on people and on things, whereas an enchantment definitely is done on a person. Although you can have an enchanted house, can't you? And and likewise, you can put a cheering charm on someone. Mm-hmm. So maybe that distinction blurs quite a lot. I think they're very, very, very similar. similar. There's something that I would say almost kind of like an enchantment has to have a mysterious kind of element to it. Mm. Um, whereas a charm can be something a bit more... Uh, you know, practical or kind of uh, not not serious, not important. 
if you think it's mm. like an enchanted forest that's not enchanted because someone has made it enchanted it just kind of is because it, because it has magic yeah whereas a charm is something that's been put on by a magical person or magical creature yeah i think the difference mm. between enchantment and charm in the harry potter world is splitting hairs a little bit i think mm. they're very very similar but yeah i don't I don't think anyone would really notice if they were interchanged at any point. No. You wouldn't pick up on it. No. So the negative ones are hex, curse, and jinx. I think curse is the serious one, right? There's Correct. something almost like light-hearted about a jinx. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx is like maybe a bit of a nasty joke. Not very pleasant, but not super serious. But a curse is something that is potentially deadly fatal mm. and um, often like permanent like if you if a curse is put on someone yeah irreversible yeah uh, yeah and a hex i, I feel like if, they're more similar hex and jinx yeah hex and jinx are a bit more similar yeah like maybe a jinx is like sillier and a hex might be at the more serious end but they're definitely both in that pool of things that are not necessarily permanent and more of an inconvenience or unpleasantness than something really fatal and serious. Have you guys seen the um, Fantastic Beasts movies? No. So this was also a uh, a piece of our post from someone on Instagram. I can't remember. Oh, Claire. Hi, Claire. Hi, Claire. Asked what do we sort thought about it, but actually I've not seen it. Uh, what? Which one? The, the, secrets, most recent of, one. the secrets of Dumbledore. We've we seen haven't the first seen. Two. We haven't seen the secrets of Dumbledore. Okay. We've seen the first two. Um, so, to answer Claire's question, I watched the most recent one two days ago. My mind was completely blown. I think these movies are phenomenal. I think they're absolutely incredible because they were written to be movies mm -hmm. and Rowling has played such a massive part in it. The acting's insane. The special effects are insane. And there's a big revelation in this last one, which I didn't know whether or not I could bring up just for the listeners, but I can't bring up because of you two even. No, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get on with watching it, but I think it came out like a few weeks after yeah. he was born. So yeah, you can watch it now. You can buy it on Prime for like, 13 pounds and I, I literally said to James like we haven't been to the cinema for four years I really want to watch it and I'm not going to be able to watch it in one go so we just bought it cool well we'll check it out oh, as soon as we can and we'll um answer your question properly next time Claire but Phil obviously very positive I mean she what said, do you oh, think Claire God. yeah Claire what do you think because uh, honestly and um, I think they're absolutely unreal and it's funny because when we watched when I went to see we when I went to see the second one mm. my mum had seen it a few days before and she hadn't read any Harry Potter she'd seen all the films she hadn't read any Harry Potter and she she said oh I didn't really understand most of it and I think with the second one I completely agree like someone that doesn't understand the plot of it would not really be able to follow it very well um then me and James went to see it and James went, oh, I understood it all. And I was like, mate, I barely understood it. Like, I, I don't know what you thought you got. Like, 
I feel like with these movies, the first one's quite fun and jovial and can be enjoyed on its own. But the second two is all about context. And so I've had to go back and really watch it. Like one, it's different with a book because you you don't miss anything with a book. Whereas with a film, you really do. But I think they're absolutely incredible. I, I think they're amazing. Tina also asked, um, since Rob obviously likes the animals and magical creatures more than some of the other aspects of the books, do you think he would like the first Fantastic Beasts movie? Obviously, she said the first one because the other ones aren't really about... So much animal-based. I think he'd like them more personally, and I think he'd love Newt. I don't think he would love them. Oh, I don't think he'd like them at all. I'm not sure he'd oh, like really? any of them. No, like he's he, not he into like fantasy. The, yeah. Full stop. And it's yeah, but this isn't like heavy, isn't it? It's wizardy. It is a fellow, isn't it? And I know what you mean. Maybe he would think there was some charm in the animals, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure there are enough it. animals to keep him happy. I do remember coming out of the second movie and thinking like. Whoa. Did you see it in the cinema? Yeah, yeah, we saw it in the cinema. And thinking, whoa, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. There's like a big mystery kind of cliffhanger, if I remember. There's I like, yeah. I really love there's like, the there's one. like confused identities. There's some baby. There's some suggestion that there's been like a baby swap or something like that. Yeah. And and I remember getting really into in my own head, thinking about like who that might be and having theories. So mm. I feel like. I'd need to at least do like an extreme Wikipedia research on the second one or even just watch the second one again. I would just watch it again. Yeah. Like I remember that first bit of the second one, if they're moving Grindelwald from being in custody in New York and they're supposed to be moving him to Germany. Yeah. And there's, I love them because there's so many. Ryland's obviously made so many parallels between the 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 Second World War and all of this. And there's lots of like little intricacies in there that most people wouldn't pick up on that I pick up on because I know quite a lot about that war specifically. But um but I remember just in that first five minutes, I couldn't work out what magic was happening and how one person got somewhere and one person got somewhere else and I had to watch that again to be like oh okay so those people switched identities and at that point that person apparated and they couldn't apparate back there and just all of that so for someone that doesn't understand it all it would look too abstract it would just be like okay well this is a random fight scene because anyone can do anything well I think that's that's the thing that's the thing with people like Rob it, yeah, it just looks like oh well, it's just magic and anyone can do anything. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just the best at magic, so he can just run rings around them. Whereas actually, yeah. when you watch it back, you can see the through line, and when you see it and get it, it's so much better than just being like, "Whoa, how did any of that happen?" Just that kind of thing. What other muggle, uh, sorry, owl posts do we have? So, from Danish Kirsten. Hello, Danish Kirsten um, again. She Hello, said, Danish. Harry was stabbed slash bit by the basilic in, basilisk in the second book. Shouldn't that have destroyed the Horcrux in him? Hmm. 
That was a genuine pause. That's not been edited in. Is it no because of forks? No. I think it's no because... I think it's because it can only be removed in a certain way. Can't it only be removed in a certain way? Like what would have happened if Forks hadn't cried on him? Would he have died or would it have just killed the Hawkbacks? I'd have died. I think they I think they both would have died. But but why? Because so a piece of Voldemort's soul is in Harry resides in Harry. This is gonna sound really weird, but in my head. The piece of the soul is in Harry's head. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And so, because it bit, did it bit his, his arm? Yeah, it pierced his arm, I think. Yeah, and it's like, and it didn't, it didn't have time to kill Harry before it got healed, and therefore it also didn't kill that Horcrux. Whereas the diary died. Do you know? Yeah, but that yeah. So so if the basilisk venom had killed Harry, I think it would have killed both of them. The, sure. Why would it have killed both of them when the Avedocus had only killed the Horcrux? Because basilisk venom can kill a person and it can destroy a Horcrux. But that's the same with presumably with Avedocadavra. I don't the know if that well. kid can kill a Horcrux because otherwise, it, 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 why would they? It did, didn't it? Well, we've got. But that was all to do with the fact that he was willing to die yeah, and he, all this he, other. Yeah, he kind of it sacrifices was, himself with. Yeah, him. it was that's to do with a willing as well. If they could have done Abida Kadabra on the locket, that why would they be looking for Basilisk fans to get rid of like the cup and all the other things? They yeah. just Abadakadavra. Yeah, the the Abadakadavra um, removing the Horcrux from from Harry in the forest is a totally different process by which the other Horcruxes are being destroyed. Um, and I think that was more of a more of a punt from Dumbledore. I'm not yeah. sure Dumbledore hundred percent knew what was going to happen when he was kind of priming Harry for that might be what needed to happen. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Harry did have to, like, totally surrender and sacrifice himself. So just going back to the... I don't think the Warlord knew that Harry would survive. No, but I think King's right in that... He was priming him... He, I think he was priming him to understand that he had to that he had to die yeah that's what, yeah yeah, yeah that's what, and i think he hoped that yeah. it could result in this so it was a pun yeah he didn't know but he was he was he knew that harry would have to try it to, to see what would happen yeah. um but why doesn't why isn't harry destroyed and i think I think this is just because, like, a Horcrux that's a person is different to a Horcrux that's a thing. I agree. I think that's the fundamental difference here, and because Voldemort didn't didn't deliberately create Harry as a Horcrux. If anything, and it's the it, same it, with Nagini. Same with Nagini, yeah, and and it's like it's a bit of a stretch, I think, to even call Harry a Horcrux because 
yeah, the little scrap of Voldemort's soul that was still in the body of Voldemort when he tried to kill him latches onto Harry, but there's clearly a spell and method for creating a Horcrux, which mm-hmm. Voldemort went through methodically with the other ones, but he didn't with Harry. Yeah. So I just think that they're fundamentally different things because Harry's his own living organic organism. Um, yeah. the other things aren't. Yeah, but Nagini has his, has her head chopped off. Yeah. Nagini's not done by a basilisk phantom. She's she she's done with the sword of Gryffindor. And that was with the sword of Gryffindor as well. Yeah. So I, I think if you I uh, so I think if you ran Harry through the sword of Gryffindor, Harry would die. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think that the Horcrux Harry would be destroyed. I I, I think it- I think that the, that would be released. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, of course it would be killed. Like, no, yeah, 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 yeah that makes sense. I think it would be. It would. So I think if the basilisk venom had penetrated Harry's whole body, he both he would have died and the Horcrux would have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. But neither got destroyed. So you just think that Forks got there quickly enough? Okay. Yeah, but, but to say, and it saved both of them, I don't think there's a way that you could go, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna poison Harry to the point just where it gets rid of the Horcrux. Mm. It's neither can live while the other survives. Job it isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true. She also uh, said something that I feel like we should like add in a trigger warning or something. Okay, um, what, for what? I like this. If this is what you're, I think it's very good. Trigger warning for what? Really dark. Um, it's really dark. I don't think it needs a trigger warning. I think it's okay. Let's put one in anyway. Trigger. Okay, does it need a jingle? It doesn't need a jingle. People can decide if they don't want to listen to it, right? That's the whole point of the warning. Yeah. So what is it for? I guess, like, pregnancy or baby loss. Okay, yeah. that's a very appropriate trigger warning. Trigger um, warning for pregnancy or baby loss. So she said, I stumbled upon this theory, and I really don't like it because it's way too dark and scary to think about. But I wanted your take on it because maybe you have good arguments for how it cannot be the case. Okay, so she's kind of looking for us to to disrupt. I think it's, I really think it's really quite interesting. But it was never explained how Voldemort went from spirit-like without form in the first book to this baby form in the fourth book. So the theory is about Bertha Jorkins being pregnant. When Pettigrew brought her to Voldemort, they used the fetus as a body to be dropped into the cauldron where his final form is created. Because he is described as being baby-like and needs to be fed every few hours. I I think it's really interesting. It's like, obviously, it's incredibly dark, but loads in this book is incredibly dark. Like, that doesn't, doesn't bother me particularly. But just, like... He's all he's been able to do up until this point is attach himself to, to things. So how has he managed to attach himself to something that isn't there? Is it not in Voldemort's retelling? In Voldemort's retelling, is there not some mention that Pettigrew mm-hmm. kind of nurses him or and I know that you're going to say, well, yeah, that's him nursing the the body of the fetus that they've co-opted from Bertha, which, don't get me wrong, I mean, yeah, that was dark. <laughs> that is a horrible, horrible idea. I don't think there's anything to say that it couldn't be acceptable fanon. 
Yeah, I um, think oh yeah, it kind of makes sense. I get that it makes sense in a way because of him having a, a some kind of physical form, which is a bodily form, which he didn't have before. However, I feel like I would want some kind of just something dropped in by someone like Bagman or Crouch to suggest that she might be pregnant. Oh, look, it's completely fanning. I yeah. do not think it's in the text. Definitely not. At all. Like in any sort of firm way. Obviously, there's always going to be stuff you can read into. Like the fact you could read into, although we we very much and I think really convincingly reasoned it down to she used to have a really good memory for gossip and then she got more forgetful and we I think rightly reasoned that to them the memory charms um making her more and more forgetful that Barty Crouch put on her you could see another argument could be when women are pregnant they often get very forgetful because it does affect your brain in that sense like that is the reality for a lot of women there's of course there's always going to be things you can pick out but as a fan theory it I do think it's good I do think it's good and I think it's got some legs like I can't really see any reason unfortunately um Kirsten I can't think of any reason why can't be true no it's solid it's a solid fan theory hmm. um like the one thing i would say is that the way that the like it's interesting actually because the way that it is described whatever it is later on in book seven in the um oh, King's right, cross yeah, yeah chapter which is obviously a whole different ball game that we'll come to but there it's described as like a kind of fetus if I remember rightly that is what what is described in book four is that the skin is really raw which to me suggests premature like if we're going like really into this it suggests premature because when as uh, and when a baby is first born anyway their skin they've lived in liquid so it takes a few days for like their skin to become more what we would recognize as like human of like baby skin or whatever um so yeah like premature or like newly born but it doesn't seem to have like the shape of a fetus in the same way but that makes sense to me because over time it would morph into more of a like long thing like yeah bindly so it wouldn't look like any baby or fetus that any of us would recognize directly it's like oh my gosh that's obviously a fetus um no not but i can inside it corrupt yeah it would it would morph into something more reflective of his character yeah and one of the things with babies as well it's like babies have vibes and obviously like no baby is evil but like this baby is evil because it is Voldemort it's just a body and so you like it would look different because it would have like an evil vibe (laughs) yeah it has like red eyes and stuff doesn't it yeah yeah because it's possessed right yeah yeah I mean horrifying um horrifying outpost there but thank you very much Kirsten for your contribution yeah. um uh sorry 
I'll post from Jamie. Jamie He's... from Oz. Jamie from Oz. Because we haven't heard from that guy for ages. Yeah, it's Jamie from it's Oz. It's Jamie from Oz. G'day. G'day, mate. That's what the I think we haven't heard from him for ages because we haven't done this. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, but I feel like even towards the end of the last season, he'd gone well, a bit he quiet. Messaged, you think he'd uh, lost interest? He did. He definitely messaged us around Christmas. All right, go ahead. Go um, ahead. Good to have you. Good to have you in touch again, Jamie. He says, hi, guys. Buying into the discussion around how Dumbledore knew the specifics of what happened at the Potter house. Could he have just used legitimacy to extract the information from baby Harry? I don't think you can do legitimacy on someone who doesn't know but they you don't something. know something. And because and, he's not conscious enough, really, is he? No, I think the person needs to know. Like, it's about breaking down a lie at the end of the day, isn't it? It's about mm. It's about revealing the truth when someone is trying to hide it from you. That's when it's most... Right, if you tell your secrets to a baby, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think the baby Harry couldn't be broken in that way or read in no. that way. Imagine interrogating a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do well to get eye contact out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how old it was. Okay. What was the conversation about the events in the Potter house? Can anyone kind of remember that? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's how did how does Dumbledore know what happened? Mm, interesting. Yeah, um, and, and I know we had a chat about you know what happens and when and etc. etc. But yeah, okay, go on. Um, okay, this is from Joanna. Hey, she. Joanna. Hey, Okay. We have got something from here though, right? Probably. We must do. I don't know. We'll check. Um, Hi, Joanna. After reading slash listening to it again recently, I think Barty Crouch Jr. is quite a wasted character after Goblet of Fire. He is barely mentioned again by anyone when surely he's one of the most powerful wizards in the series. He tricked Dumbledore for months and had all those other skills to make that convoluted plan work. I think you really have to stretch your imagination to accept, accept some of what happens. I still love it, of course. Now I think the half of... Now I think the Half-Blood Prince might be my favourite. I like the Voldemort memories. Lots of quality time with Dumbledore. Yeah. Even if he is a master manipulator and Slughorn is very enjoyable. He says, what she says, also then goes on to say, when I say Barty Crouch Jr. is the wasted character after Goblet of Fire, I'm not suggesting he could have continued as an active character, but it's odd that such a key player seems to have been forgotten by everyone. Also, I imagine if he had lived there would have been a clash with Bellatrix to be the maddest Death Eater. Thoughts? I mean, I get the point that he's not really mentioned that much, but ultimately he has to be silenced in order for the ruse to continue. Mm. Unless he escapes. He's been outed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what happens to his body? Does he die? No, he doesn't die. He just has the kiss. So mm. what do We've they do? We've spoken before about, though, I don't know how long you could actually live Survive. independently yeah. once you've been kissed. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they do with bodies. But then presumably the ministry, like, has 
They might just stick them in St. Mungo's or yeah. in... I reckon he'd be in Azkaban. Take them down to the Department he's of Mysteries. Back to, yeah. That back to Azkaban, potentially, yeah. Back yeah, but he's no use to anyone. Right. Voldemort wouldn't have bothered breaking him out because he's got no... He doesn't know who he, he is. He can't either. do anything. He can't, yeah. yeah. It's not anything. Yeah, I, I totally understand the point of, like, it's a little unusual that it's never brought up, but Phil makes a really good counterpoint, which is that the the whole story of Barty Crouch Jr. and what him and his dad did and the ramifications of that necessarily has to remain a secret um, f- for both sides, really. Mm, yeah. For both sides, it has to remain a secret. Um, and, I... and yeah, the fact that no one else kind of mentions him, I would put, I would kind of come out of the books and be like, if I was an editor. And JK's included, you know, a 450 word passage that references him. I'd be saying, you know, does this need to be in the story at this point? Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if some of that stuff was kind of pulled out. Yeah, I mean, I get I get I get her point because I think he's a great character. That's like my favorite thing about um, Goblet of Fire is like his story, his character, how that all works out, the reveal, like. It's great, but uh, I think the other, yeah, the other thing I would say about this book, about the fourth book, and about this story throughout the the fourth book is it sometimes, like you said, it gets a bit forgotten in the context of everything. This whole story, which is massive, and is completely central actually to everything that happens from here on in, but is they're almost like a forgotten family. They are, yeah, and and I just that- think. No one survives, right? Yeah, and 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 do you know what? This is so tragic, but that happens. Yeah, like in war, you'll just get a family, and their story never gets told. And in some ways, I think it's almost not intentional, not intentionally at all. But it is a nod to like history doesn't remember everyone. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Totally with you. Who is there to remember it? And it's Winky. 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 And no yeah. one cares about her. Yeah. Like, it's she's a house elf. survives in Water Point. It's written by the winners, so... Exactly. Exactly. Like, no one cares about Winky's story, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Not even Dobby, really. Not even Dobby. Not even Dobby can be asked with it now. <laughs> she's a drunk. She's made her choice. She also says, have any of you listened to Witch, Please? It's a Potter podcast by two Canadian academics, and they do some very interesting readings from various perspectives. Funny, too. They consider Hermione catching Rita Skeeter to be, a real, to be the real climax of Goblet of Fire rather than the Voldemort showdown. How interesting. I've not listened to that. I've kind of give, gave up listening to um, Potter podcast for a bit, to be honest, because... Um, you got enough of it on this brilliant podcast? Yeah, maybe. I just like... I never found it when I what resonated I with it. Yeah. Um, but I love... I mean, Witch Please is a great I like, name. Yeah. So maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah, good name. Good name to, to be to be sure. Um, right. What else do we have? We have um, something from a long-time friend of the show, Kate. Um, which is hot off the press, received it literally today. She said, 
So from memory, I wanted to send our post about the discussions you were having about the wizarding criminal justice system and why they don't just use veriticerum and a pensive or legitimacy. Aside from the potential ethical implications you discussed, I also think that reason that the reason why this wouldn't work is shown to us in the Half-Blood Prince. Veriticerum will make people tell what they believe to be the truth. That is not the same as facts. That is not the same. Okay, yeah. Voldemort doctored both Hokey and Morphin's memories, which led them to give full confessions. Morphin boasts that he killed the riddles and Hokey swore she remembered putting something in her mistress's evening cocoa. I think that if Veritas Serum had been given to either of them, it wouldn't have changed their testimony as they genuinely believed what they were saying was true. That is a brilliant and valuable piece of our post, which yeah. absolutely none of us picked up on that. Fair play, Veritaserum is not necessarily the same as facts just because you you believe something to be true. Then we can have a, an argument about whether Veritaserum is a powerful enough potion to actually get to the root of the truth and you know make somebody say what really is the truth or facts, or does it just work on what they believe? We could have that discussion, I suppose. But she also says, I think the same would be the case for extracting a memory slash using legilimency. It would show the doctored memory uh, Voldemort would have done a better job than Slughorn, and Slughorn knew he was hiding something. Even if memories, um, even if memories, oh, hold on, let me just try and make sense of this sentence. Oh, yeah, sorry. Even if memories had that clouding over that Slughorn had, it still wouldn't prove anything. So she's basically saying yeah. that the same thing with legitimacy is, yeah, if a memory has potentially been doctored or isn't recalled correctly. Obviously, we've had very long, probably trying discussions for the listeners about, you know, what in a pensive actually constitutes a factual memory and what constitutes more a remembering of something. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can definitely see why pensive and legitimacy uh, aren't used because they're they're too easy they to be, be inaccurate or yeah. doctored. And it was more the veritaserum for me, but I think she makes a really good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. Just even if, for example, like Slughorns, it's obvious it's that it's been doctored, you still not can't necessarily prove what the real memory would be. No. No, you can't prove what it, it might just also we yeah. said I think before about all those things, then they means it it favors more um it favours better wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can doctor memories well enough or subtly enough, then yeah, you can you can hide a crime really, really well, like Voldemort it, did. Yeah. And it's the same as with like in the muggle justice system or whatever, how like you know, really vulnerable people can often be like forcing to confessions yeah. and yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hokey and Morphin were like nobody was gonna question. No. their confessions right yeah and that went on all the time and you know probably still goes on a lot um yeah that people are forced into confessions because that was their best option on the table yeah yeah um what um, else do we have on got some instagram Al harry Potter virgin on instagram by the way if you want to get in touch with us i'll post from megan hi megan in response to the number of students sorted into each house 
I've always been confused by chapter seven of Prisoner of Azkaban. Before this, the reader is led to believe there are three girls and five boys in Gryffindor in Harry's year. During this chapter, the class has a Defence Against the Dark Arts lesson with Lupin. No other houses are in the class with them. As you read the chapter, the boggart is changed way more than six times and Harry and Hermione don't get turns. Neville's boggart is Snape, Parvati's is Mummy, Seamus is a Banshee, Dean's is a Severed Hand and Ron's is a Spider. Lavender is mentioned but not her boggart. We also learn read that the boggart turned into a rat, a rattlesnake and a bloody eyeball. One of these would have been Lavender's. So my question is, do you think there are a couple more girls in Harry's year that we never read about? Or who do these boggarts belong to? Hope that makes sense. It has always bothered me. Makes perfect sense. Incredible attention to detail. Yeah, I know, right? Incredible also, attention to detail. Also, it's a bit unusual, actually, that chapter, because normally they do have defence against the dark arts with the, is it the Slytherins normally. I thought they normally had it with another... How, yeah, they, they, they do the have defence against the dark arts with the Slytherins, um, don't they, in book two with Lockhart? Well, not actually, maybe I'm making that up, maybe I'm thinking of potions. Is it potions they have with the Slytherins? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, potions. I'll obviously take, um, sorry, who, who's it, Megan? Megan. Yeah, I'll, absolutely, she's clearly studied that very carefully. I've got two proposals. Um, one, yeah, there's a couple more girls in Gryffindor that are just never mentioned and we don't know about, which I would I would say is highly unlikely. Mm. Uh, the second is that, I don't know, some the bogger changes into more than one thing for some people, or some people have a couple of goes, or the bogger just kind of gets a bit confused, turn, turns into multiple things because there's multiple people in multiple people in the room at the time. When there's a bogger mm -hmm. in um the Gaunt, the no um the book Grimmel, we're about to Grimmel read, place. yeah. Yeah. That turns when Molly isn't able to kind of get rid of it, it turns into it keeps turning, doesn't it, into turns different into things. Multiple things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's such true. Such and such dead, then such and such dead. So it goes such kind of through fears. Yeah, I think just maybe the number of people in the room and the fact that it's under attack um, might cause the boggart to just start flipping through things sometimes, maybe between people having a go. Um, I think that is way more likely than there are a couple of really quiet, anonymous Gryffindor girls in Harry's year because it's just there's just no the way. numbers I agree like yeah. I think the numbers are true that, like they don't all really add up like there aren't really enough for like how they describe Hogwarts but I'm not I'm not really happy with their yeah just being two two extra girls that just then don't ever get mentioned no there's no way there's no way there's there's lavender Palmati, I mean, and Hermione when that's it, it. it comes to the Yule Ball they're desperately looking for girls yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine they were like, oh, there's those four girls that um, are in all our classes that we just never talk about. <laughs> no, yeah, they, those girls don't exist. There's only eight yeah. Gryffindors in Harry's year. Okay, so again from Megan, an update on reading with his with her son. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll remember her son from the Gummy Walnut fame. Yeah, 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 we remember him. Remember him well. We haven't started the second book yet because we didn't want to rush through them. My son has an audiobook no. player. Oh, I wonder if it's a Yoto. A Yoto, might be a Yoto. Or a Tony. Could be a Tony. Is that the one with the little dolls? Yeah, Sky's got a Tony. 
On Monday of this week, I got him set up with the first book to listen to. Again, he loves it. Oh, I wonder what version. Oh, hang on, she might tell us. It's Friday, and I just realised he's already on chapter 14. There are only 17 in the book. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone for it in a week. That's I fall asleep within like two sentences. Oh, that's so cool. Um, During breakfast, he was going on about different characters, Quidditch, and asking questions, etc. It was a great moment for me. I think Stephen Fry's reading of the book has really brought it to life for him. Oh, well, yeah. well of course you're going for Stephen Fry. Yeah, nothing against Jim Dale, but Stephen no, Fry is just good, different is level. It? It's different level. I don't know how much longer I can avoid starting the second book now he, since he is already asking about it. This is a clip of our conversation <gasps> on breakfast this morning with my three kids. Fantastic. Let's play this. Oh my lord. Remember when um when Harry was um like um um running through the brick wall um and then and then one of um the someone was crying and and then George said um it's okay we'll send you a um a to- a uh, a Hogwarts toilet seat, <laughs> and, and the mother said, George. <laughs> 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 <That's silly. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, so what did cute. you say just after that just so oh that's, a, that's brilliant because that does show how Stephen Fry's reading of it comes brings it to life because I can hear Stephen Fry being like yeah. George yeah and then like we'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat yeah, yeah. that's something that was like really would have been incidental when they were reading it together I'm sure it's like yeah properly remembered because it's so well performed that's oh, so that's cute. so gorgeous. Oh, God. So cute, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So cute. More of that. What's this? Hey, guys. Rachel here. Um, with the Avada Kedavra curse, I've never heard anybody talk about the fact that, written down at least, it really sounds like Abracadabra. Yeah. Yeah. So I right. wondered, is Avada Kedavra the wrong pronunciation? Should it be more Avada Kedavra? Because it can't, can't just be a coincidence that it's that close to Abracadabra, surely. Oh, you think well, I you. read it? Avadakadabra. Yeah. Whether it's Avadakadabra or Avadakadabra, it, it, it is clearly, deliberately <laughs> Abracadabra. Yeah. What does Ray Fine say? Avada. Go on, go on. <laughs> he says yeah <laughs> thank you for, for that rachel we got more voice notes coming here we go so i've just been listening to the roblet of fire um and where kingy talks about having his beyond burgers bought 484 <laughs> used to as a bun <laughs> and i just wanted to know like are you all vegans? My husband and I have just decided to become broadly vegan, in the words of someone I think we all love. Uh, and what do we think the vegan choices were like at Hogwarts? I feel like 
when the books were written, I mean, tough luck, mate. I'm afraid it's lamb chops and steak and kidney pie. But I reckon there'd be a, I reckon there'd even be a vegan pumpkin pasty on the train. Hmm. I imagine pumpkin pasties are probably vegan anyway. Well, not if they're covered the in pastry. Yeah, but you know that just raw stuff, that's all vegan. Good point. By the way, brilliant, brilliant message, Rachel. What does, who says broadly vegan? Uh, she's talking about John Robbins. Is, do you think she's a fan from... From the Robbins group, yeah. Yeah, from Robbins broadly the vegan, PCD. Sorry? Robbins broadly vegan. Broadly, yeah. Well, Is that I, a I, wand I would... you're waving around there, Phil? <laughs> He's just a, an Alder One pen that I got from... Do you remember that calendar from yeah, two years ago? Yeah, it was ago? appointment, wasn't it? I would describe myself as broadly vegan, but very broadly. It's very, very exceptional to to not be vegan uh, in our choices. And Philippa, uh, and actually her her partner James, Phil and James, were the people who introduced us to oh, Beyond, Beyond Burgers, Burgers, yeah, which was yeah. a major step for me to kind of be like. That you was know, when you maybe can only get them in Tesco, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe I can be vegan um because something that always kind of put me off was like I love a barbecue I absolutely mm. love a social summer barbecue and I always felt like I wouldn't want to do one without having loads of like burgers and sausages and chicken but then I had Beyond Burgers and I was like hey once you like you know a this tastes really nice but b once you dress it up with a bunch of like nice shiracha and you know other stuff you're pretty much getting the same experience and um we're pretty yeah, much we're... vegan but we don't normally you eat those kind of meat alternatives do we no. barbecue is kind of the um or just when i'm home treat. alone for, or, i mean for yeah week, as we established <laughs> yeah <laughs> if i get to go shopping and it's just for myself i might have something like that but no we don't we don't have much like chicken or beyond burgers or like shroom dogs like regularly we just tend to just we eat a lot of tofu put it that way oh do you know who could sponsor us tofu honestly oh no honestly tasty if anyone oh, is yeah. after some vegan cheese honestly tasty blue cheese in particular very very good Ooh. yeah honestly tasty vegan cheese is absolutely brilliant and you can order it online it's definitely the best you get it in Planet Organics as well. Is that it Most people won't have a Planet Organic near them. Get it online, honestly vegan. But yeah, to answer your question, Rachel, we are very, very broadly vegan. And um, yeah, well, welcome aboard. And I think you're right in Hogwarts in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. You would have had nothing, nothing. Oh. nothing I mean, going. even veggie, you would have been, you'd just been having the, for the, the steamed vegetables or the probably boiled vegetables. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon they probably do. I think they have options now. Mm. Now I think they have loads of options. I imagine there's lots on the table, so it's not just like oh, dinner is this. There'll be a couple of op there'll yeah. be a few options, and one of them will be vegan. Yeah, maybe the like a vegan tray, something like that. I kind of think just like a one pot, a big one pot, big one pot, like something we had, like we had tonight, but. Like, like chickpea stew. But it feels like they'd have to make loads of changes because Hogwarts strikes me as the kind of place where like the mash would be packed full of butter and like the roast potatoes would mm. be dripping in like beef fat or goose fat or something as well. Well, if so. you're sensible, you just change all the size for everyone. 
So you're not having yes. different versions. But I reckon a lot of students would be really, I reckon there'd be a lot of owls being written about that. No, I've think... heard the school's changed its, its food policy and it's making all of the food vegan mm. except for certain days of the year. You know, there'd be some, some snooty parents. How does a giant and not a giant, <laughs> how do they <laughs> make a baby? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just not going to work, is it? Well, well, Who's that from? That's from Rachel. This is all from Rachel. Oh, thanks, What's Rachel. funny about this question is that... I think um, we discussed it, didn't we? We discussed it, but now that we're into the era of not editing, I think we discussed it but edited it out. Oh, really? Because we might have decided it was too inappropriate. Um, I think what we have to remember is that the giant was the woman i think that makes it easier um might not have been enjoyable i've got all kinds of yeah. thoughts and i'm just not comfortable voicing them i don't know what to say um rachel i think well i mean it does it <laughs> doesn't happen often does it and there's a probably re a reason why it doesn't happen often but yeah, I but think also giants are like not just it's not we're not just talking Hagrid here. They're yeah, they're they're massive. not human. No, they're twenty foot tall. They're twenty foot tall, and they're not. Yeah, it's not. They don't have human temperament and that kind of thing. <laughs> Basically, Rachel, I think it happens in the same way that it happens, you know, not quote unquote normally, whatever, in the the natural way or whatever. I think. I you don't think they had IVF. No, I don't think they had IVF or no. anything like that. I think it's the same mechanics, and I'll just leave that with you. I don't think there's any magic involved, put it that way. Do you think there is um, any kind of like IVF or like fertility treatment in the magical world? Do we have time? That sounds like a really big conversation. Okay, maybe later. Short answer, yes. The third task the sphinx <clears throat> really pissed me off that riddle because it says at the end something you really wouldn't want to kiss and that's just so so that's clearly a dementor i mean it's called the dementor's kiss yeah. of course you don't want to kiss a spider why would you kiss a spider i would <laughs> yeah. have thought that i think when first reading it especially given um that prevalent dementors yeah are. yeah yeah I hate, I hate that really I full hate stop. Really yeah shouldn't, like, it either shouldn't be in there or it should be like re-edited so do better. better do better you gotta do better Tolkien wrote better riddles than that and and they were pretty flimsy like especially like the the er uh, bit oh yeah spider oh, uh, sorry one of the clues is uh like, like jk rowling is a very smart writer and i just i just feel like if she wanted spider to be the answer to that riddle there's so much like think of how many like ideas and images you can you can have with a spider like the spider's web or like spider bites or all the legs like there's just so many i know it has to be a riddle so you have to kind of it has to be like tenuous enough or cryptic enough but you could have done loads of things with that and and yeah that's a that's a dreadful riddle dreadful and the, the yeah the fact that it's also They've been banging on about the Dementor's kiss for the whole book yeah. and it says something you wouldn't want to kiss and it's not a Dementor. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really poor. It's flimsy, isn't the it? the weakest parts of the books. Full stop. Mm. Um, this is an outpost from Marit. 
Now, I'm really sorry if I've pronounced your name wrong and get in touch and let me know how I do pronounce it, if I've got it wrong. Um, Marie is from the Netherlands. Ah, hello. Um, hello. That was just an English hello, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think that's how they say it. <laughs> I think they say it in English. Hello. In the Netherlands. Hello. In uh, Welsh, hello is... Um... Like that. Yeah, they've got it. No, it's um hello. Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she says, <laughs> do you think Wait, oh it's Shamai? <laughs> Shut up, Bill. You can say Shamai. Unedited. Come on. Shamai. Get on with it. This won't be unedited. It's way too long. No, it's gonna be unedited. We're sticking to our guns until we get complaints. Yeah, come on. Do you think with female werewolves that their period would be synced to their transformation imagine having to go through hell twice a month <laughs> i think it would be synced um but your period doesn't isn't just one night i mean mine's is anyone else's oh i see what you mean no but it, i think it would go over it might be the start of it yeah i was thinking start yeah, that's a brilliant question. Hi, right, Marit. Is she a new real fan? Um, she came from Tab. Oh, fantastic. Uh, can I read some more of her message? No, no, no. We, that, we read that before. Oh, did we? Um, okay. Well, hang on. I don't know what... Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not sure what part of the lunar cycle your period is supposed to sync with if you're living outdoors. Because you know that... What? Right. Okay. So, um, if you, so you know, like back when people lived together in communities and they lived like more outdoors lifestyles, so they didn't live in like a house, they'd live in like a hut or whatever. A hundred all, years ago. Yeah, all the women would have their periods at the same time, and it would all be synced with the lunar cycle. Hannah. Oh my god. And it's, it's because physically your body is made up. So they with, all have the same length of cycle as well. Just like now it just all different. generally like would sink together. It's because you're like we're predominantly made up of water and the moon controls the tide. Is that true? That sounds absolutely mental. It's true. That does sound mental. What, what, what studies? Have you got any studies to cite this? I'll find. Uh, do you know what? I'll find you some. I'll find you some stuff because to Because we made it. up so much of water that the moon is dragging us around. It dra yeah, honestly, like trust me, I've, I've got a friend who's a doctor who's. Hold on, Phil. Is she? Is she? They? Doctor Fox. He. <laughs> whatever they are, are they? <laughs> are they a medical doctor, or do they have like a PhD in something unrelated? Um, it's not unrelated. I don't think I believe it. Uh, well, look, I, right. I'm willing. I'm I'm comfortably willing to believe, and I'm sure that there are there are probably good, like you know, first-hand sources and accounts, um, or even modern studies, because there are still certain uh, communities and cultures that live in outdoors environments exactly. and who live separate from the rest of society. I'm willing to believe that when large groups of people live together all the women's 
menstrual cycles would sync and that it, it would be related to the cycle of the moon. Because to be clear, if it's a roughly four week cycle, it's going to be linked to the cycle of the moon. That doesn't mean that it always happens when the moon is full or always happens when the moon is a thin crescent, but it's going Mine to be not linked. Four weeks. I know my love, I know my love, but we're talking about different Yeah, different but things. I'm, all I'm finding, the only, all the stuff I'm finding online is saying that it's a myth. Yeah, what, well, what, I'm, what I was going to say is, if, if a group of women sink, you'd probably be able to roughly pin it to the moon, roughly, and you'd be able to all convince yourselves that it matches up. So I reckon that there are first-hand sources or descriptions of, of cultures where that's happening, but I would, I would, Put it more along the lines of like a coincidence that people you know uh talk themselves into believing because it becomes probably ritualistic yeah but i can't see that there's any truth to the idea that the moon actually pulls things around because it controls the tide i, I, I don't just, know i'm going to say i've just i'm just reading a passage right this is by um the Chair of Neurobiology and Genetics in the University of Warburg, Warsburg, Warsburg, Warburg. Um, a team led by Warsburg chronobiologist Charlotte Foster has now used scientific method to examine the connection between lunar and women's menstrual cycle. Yeah. The result, the scientist hypothesizes that in ancient times, Human reproductive behavior in the female menstrual cycle was synchronized with the moon, but that our modern lifestyles and artificial lights have largely changed this synchronicity. Foster holds that the chair holds the chair of neurobiology and genetics at the University of Warburgs. The results of her study have now been published online in the Journal of Science Advances. I totally, if we're talking like what was the word they used? Basically, they said from a long time ago, right? Oh, yeah, I'm talking right back when we were completely connected to nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, it doesn't happen now. I think that would I think that would happen because of, and it mentioned it there briefly as well, it would become a kind of ritualistic. Uh, of course, thing, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, mating and, and procreating because it, it wasn't just something that you did to like, you know, give yourself something to do or like purpose or whatever, like it might yeah. be these days. You needed the human resources so you kind of like had to get it right so yeah i can totally see how that would become you know way more synced because it it was kind of like a necessity for it to be predictable um but yeah that's 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 all very interesting <laughs> i can't remember what the question was werewolves yeah i reckon yeah. the female werewolf is the first night <laughs> no um okay just a couple pieces of hours left okay we're getting there guys one Hang piece in there. from jenny um hi jenny she says wanted to address the discussion of why voldemort chose wormtail to give his hand Go for it. she says i think it illustrates one of the points dumbledore tries to teach harry about voldemort that he doesn't understand the power of love and in fact he dismisses it he sees Wormtail's willing as more powerful because he knows it's fueled by fear rather than love or admiration. Look at how he treats those who truly do love him, like Crouch Jr. and Bellatrix. He uses them as tools and addresses them with cold disdain and superior tone. He trusts them with his schemes and plans, but not with his soul. For that job, he picks 
people like Wormtail or Creature, who he feels he has more control over through fear. It wouldn't enter his head that Wormtail might switch sides and mess up the potion deliberately, just as he didn't think Creature was capable of messing up that plan for him. One of my favourite themes of the books is how love is the greatest and most powerful magic of all. Voldemort's failure to know that is the most fatal flaw it's possible for him to have. Beautifully observed. I agree with every... Yeah. every I completely agree with that. Um, and the last piece of our post is from Isabel, and it's just, she says, I named my foster cat Gilderoy after <laughs> Professor Lockhart. He's so golden and he reminded me of Lockhart in the movies. He's even posing like Lockhart would in one pick. I think she's... Oh, she sent the picture? I think oh, she's talking so... about this. I'll send off. That's so I funny. Think? That's a lovely name for a cat, Gilderoy. Gilderoy, that's, that's really nice. Although, not a fan of the Roy part of it. What? I reckon I'd call it Gildy. Gildy. Gildy, yeah. I'll send them to Gilderoy, the I mean, girl. is it even a real name? Or is it like an old English name? Or I, it sounds Europeans, like it, it, Europeans out there, do you have Gilderoys in your countries? A Gilderoy. Sounds like a kind of a ye olde, ye olde English. Ye olde Gilderoy. <laughs> oh, look at Gilderoy. Yeah, that's a cute cat. Very oh, I love, I know the pose that of those two you sent, like that. I know that that's clearly the, the, the I'm ready for my close yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that cat. I want to shove my face in its belly. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that was all the outposts we had. Look. Of, oh, hang on. We might have had some from Emma. Oh, my goodness. Emir, the long-time friend of the show, what did he say? With regards to how Dumbledore knows what happened the night uh, James and Lily died, do you think he could have extracted that memory from Harry the baby and, and watched the event intensive? I can't see why that's not possible. Can you? Or And or, if he could do it, would he ethically feel that it was okay given that the you know mankind is at risk thoughts okay so that's from emir and that's just a coincidence actually was it jamie who who brought it up yeah. otherwise um i suppose you had the same yeah, yeah same answer emir no you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to also surely with a full glass you have to tell the full glass who your enemies are i love the idea that you get home, you've bought your nice new full glass, you sit down and go, right, let's have a look in this uh, in this mirror now. And <laughs> why are we enemies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, why are we enemies? <laughs> why are we enemies? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, maybe you do have to tell the full glass. And that's why the other... Oh, did he have something else to add? What else did he say? I really like his voice. Does he speak? Does he share a rag? He does. He does, Do first know? language. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, his first language. He is also the voice. What was it? He's the voice of the lift in what Cardiff Council building? Yeah. Which one? I'm not sure. One? I think it was a new one. And um, it was a new lift. The, the, queen, the, queen. the queen visited it and uh, apparently went in the lift. 
Which didn't that is you, no, safe. they did they did it for the queen. She didn't even use it, did not they? <laughs> That's so funny. How yeah. cool is that? Right, what else have we got from him? Hey guys, another brilliant episode as always. Um, not a question, but a um, an observation or, or or an opinion. The Death Eater situation in my head. It was always kind of during Voldemort's first reign, it would be like uh, a reservoir dogs situation. So they wouldn't know each other's names. They'd just be like, that's Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, Mr. White, uh, Mr. Green, or whatever. Um, but obviously, you know, people find out and therefore they can they can rat on each other in the end. But I reckon second time round. I reckon Voldemort was a deliberate act to name them as if to say, right, now you all know who each other are. If any of you turn against me again, everybody knows who who did it and we're all going to gang up on you and, and, and sort of kill you. So I reckon before they were anonymous and this time he's gone, no anonymity anymore. This is who you are. You're on my side or you're dead. That's just, uh, just my tuppence. And yeah. that's why the other Death Eaters can't guess who's missing from the circle, because first time round they wouldn't have known who was who. Just a thought. What do you think, Phil? I I quite like that. There's this um there's this um program that Arla's watching at the moment, um, that's about like these babies that live in the clouds with um rainbows right. and um it's all in welsh because um sky and Arla are only allowed to watch welsh tv and they're like that so there's um babby blue babby pink babby melon and i wonder are they death eaters well, <laughs> it this, could be this sounds horrific i'll show you a picture of them they don't look like death eaters but no, maybe think, that's the key. I think to respond to Emma, yeah, you, there could definitely be something to, to that, whereby mm. maybe it wasn't complete anonymity. Maybe just some of the like very right hand, right hand man kind of generals knew who everyone was and like maybe you know who the supporters were. But your kind of underlings, your your foot soldiers, wouldn't necessarily have known exactly who each other's exactly who each other were yeah. um because of the masks because of you know for security basically but i also think he's right to point out that actually in practice you know when they weren't they, around they voldemort out, yeah. when they weren't around voldemort they they take lift the mask up and be like you know i'm i'll i'll tell you if if you tell me kind of thing and they figured out I, each other were that way and I think that's definitely, it's definitely like a fair point of like first time round, the an the anonymity is there. This time it's like, oh, gloves are off now, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Cards are on the table. You're in or you're out. Ride or die. Yeah. Is there any more? Um, there's a few bits from Emir, but um, it's kind of, no, I think it's stuff that maybe we'll bring up when we don't have much. Okay. Because it's. Could slot them anywhere. Okay, because anywhere probably take up time, which we don't have right now, because it's a very long bonus. It was an accident. It wasn't supposed to be. It long. wasn't supposed to be long, but it was, um, it was quite long. But isn't it? here's why it was long, because we've got wonderful, wonderful listeners, especially the real fans, 
who have sent in some really interesting, brilliant Muggle Mail and Outpost. Rob sounds prepped. He did quite well on the quiz. Uh, he was looking frail, though, don't you think? Frail? Yeah, I think, was, was... I think that was just the fish on my webcam when he went off to the side. It made him look really thin. <laughs> I've seen him in the flesh this week. He's not He's not looking frail. He's looking fine. He was a bit dithery. Yeah, a bit not with it, a bit out of the flow. I think it's that pint of whiskey he was talking about. Yeah, it might be. But yeah, thank you for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin, this special bonus episode series four and three quarters. We will be back very soon with the first episode of series five. It's good night from Millers. Good night. Goodbye from Phil. I say them coffee. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>